right, hey everybody, welcome to Paranormal Peeps. This is the only show where you can listen to a bunch of adults. No, that's not the only show. There's lots of shows out there, but this is the most fun show because we're fun and we talk about paranormal stuff. Uh, an international audience, so hooray for all of our listeners. Yeah. We have Woo-hoo! some in. Thank you. Know, you. I, I, we had one in Russia. We had some in was it Holland? Nice. We even have some in America. Yay! We challenge <laughs> all the Americans out there. <laughs> But uh, where else uh, do you remember, Josh? Where where everybody was? Yeah, so we had uh, France, Holland, and Russia for our international uh, listeners. Nice, Woo. big time. Oh, and that other country, New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> um, no, welcome everybody. We we appreciate our, our listeners, and hopefully you uh, didn't come by once and then never come back again. That's probably what happened with the Russian one, right? It's very possible. Yeah, it's like what? What? No, not, not what I wanted. Um, anyway, this is uh, obviously we are a paranormal podcast. Hopefully, you listened to the last episode and got an idea who we are. Unfortunately, Terry could not be with us tonight. Uh, she got her uh, her second COVID shot tonight, and she's home uh, going with the chills and everything, not feeling so. Anyway, so we miss her. We love we miss her. you, Terry. We love her. She'll be back again. Uh, anyway. Uh, tonight we wanted to talk about different types of haunts. Uh, there's lots of different kind of ghosts out there. Um, you have intelligent ghosts, you have unintelligent ghosts, not just like the stupid ghosts. That's what I would be. I would be a, an unintelligent ghost. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, my favorite kind of, uh, of ghost, you know, typically just driving right in is probably the most famous one. You know, usually they come out around Halloween time. And they uh, have like the little dark circles for, like for eyes, and um, they're really scary. Uh, usually, they're wearing sheets. Yeah, they're sheet ghosts. I have a picture of one in a hotel room when we were in Moab. Totally scary. Totally scary. It's and rare to catch those. On I know. I know. I have seen illustrations like Charlie Brown. There's a, there's an actual. If you guys go and watch the Charlie Brown Halloween, <laughs> there is an actual like real footage of a sheet ghost they caught one on video huh yeah wow. it's it's cartoonish but but huh. yes it's it's real totally real didn't that one have like 10 eyes too yeah it did it did it was like a really scary one because it had more eyes <laughs> this is an alien one <laughs> it was oh they're also in beetlejuice until they take their, their sheets off uh, anyway <laughs> i decided to get the sheet ghosts out there um, but no, there are lots of different haunts. Uh, there's lots of different kinds of ghosts, different kinds of, uh, of, uh, things that tend to scare people. Lots of things that people get images and hear things. And so we're going to talk about some of those things. And, uh, so let's just dive right in. Um, who wants to talk about, uh, about unintelligent ghosts? And not, like I said, not just the stupid ghosts, you know, stupid with two O's. Um, we're talking about unintelligent haunts what is an unintelligent haunt um yeah unintelligent haunts are um, also commonly known or referred to as residual um those are basically a tape player that just plays over and over again um it generally is energy that's been imprinted on the environment so a lot of times it's uh energy from a traumatic event um, and it doesn't always have to be traumatic, but it's injury from, or not energy. I can't even talk over my words. I can't speak. Um, energy from traumatic events that are, are trapped in an object or in a location. Um, 
So typically, you know, sometimes the environmental circumstances have to be right for it to happen. But when things kind of line up, these um, these events tend to kind of replay and keep replaying. Um, and it's it's activity that's either present in a location already, and or that uh, it will occur when somebody buys an antique or brings something home that uh, the energy is connected to. Um, a common uh, you know type of thing with that is you know you see. Every night at nine o'clock, you see this old man that walks past the certain doorway, walks into the kitchen, and doesn't say anything, doesn't respond to anything. You just kind of see that that image as it walks by, or it walks follows a certain path, or sometimes you'll hear things. That's kind of uh, the, the general idea. So, did you have more to? Yeah. So they a lot of people call it like the stone tape theory. Um, and interesting enough, I found out that that actually that terminology actually started about 1972 uh, from a very unknown BBC movie by the same name. It actually aired only one time, hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if it was popular so, or not. So it wasn't really a stone tape like videotape that they kept playing on the air. No, it was just a. A single episode or a single movie that they actually aired out. Have so, you seen it? I haven't even heard of it. It's very niche, of course. Okay. Um, but and for the long time, back in the 1800s, people were actually theorizing that our environment can record uh, thoughts and, and verbal, um, verbal words and, and energy and stuff. And there was a, a mathematician, believe it or not, what you'd think like a philosophy major or a the, theologian would come up with this. But there was a mathematician by the name of, of Charles Babbage. I really hope I pronounce his name right. <laughs> he, he might get upset, but I'm sorry. <laughs> he might. Um, but the air itself is a vast library on whose pages are forever written all that man has ever said or a woman whispered. That's a scary thought right there, because I've said a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> stupid with two O's. But it makes you think that, you know, how much stuff or how much we do every day actually gets imprinted on our environment that someone, you know, maybe 20, 30 years from now might actually be, you know, listening or hearing. So, I mean, just think 20, 30 years from now, someone might be living in this this room and here are silly voices coming at night. our stupid jokes. Well, I think I think that's the where we got it, where that energy comes involved though. I think if it's just something that's light, and this is just me, but from what I understand, if it's a light thing that just happens once or twice, not a real thing. But if you watch the same thing over or if you have the same thing happening over and over, um, kind of uh, you know, like I said there's the you know, imagine the old guy that comes home from work every day, five o'clock comes in, drops his suitcase by the front door or the muddy boots and whatnot and then so every day at 5 30 you hear somehow like the door shuts and you hear the the boom or the 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 knock of something being dropped and then you may even see you know something happened just frequently every day without and sometimes i can imagine just this you know when i come home from work oftentimes i'm really tired and sometimes you have that bad day, and if, if they didn't like their job, there could be more energy put into it. Um, 
also seems like uh, something that, uh, like when you go, to, you hear the story about you going to a haunted castle and how like every night at nine o'clock on the ramparts, you hear the sound of bagpipes, you know, and if that's something that there was a lot of emotion played to that and a lot of, then it makes sense that that, that residual sound would be there. I've never investigated a prison. I know you guys have. Um, but I imagine with all of that negative energy and the sadness and the despair of all those prisoners there, that that like imprints like crazy on there. And so that when you just, the, I mean, did you ever hear like cups on the bars or I don't know, we or, or swearing screams. screams? There was, yeah, because the prison um, had a women's section at for a point in time and we would hear, I think we heard three screams throughout the night, but it was the same scream, the same sound, the same length of time. And it was mainly just the women who heard it. And it was in the same area every hmm. single time. I'd almost expect to find that like at an asylum too, like or somewhere there they'd like shock therapy, like at uh, Waverly and stuff. Some of the places, you know, some pretty horrific things happen. And so... Yeah, we actually um, caught an EVP of a woman screaming um, when we were at Waverly the last time, up on the fourth floor. Um, and it was actually kind of blood-curdling. She screamed out, uh, help me. And we caught it up. We caught it on two digital recorders about 400 feet apart. Oh, wow. And so that's a good example of, of something where it's not likely a spirit that's actually sitting there screaming help me you know it's it's a residual thing it's something that is just imprinted on that land or in that space to where it's just there i don't know maybe it wasn't a uh, an intelligent one maybe there actually was a spirit there going hey help me sitting there in a cell or something you know i don't know you what do you, do you guys think um that's the only time i think we caught a woman's voice in the two times we've been to waverly um so I honestly think it, it was residual in that sense. So I think the fourth floor is where they held uh, individuals who had tuberculosis of the brain. And so, you know, it's entirely possible that they were suffering from dementia or something along those lines. Right. And like I said, I mean, those are places that have a lot of uh, emotional energy charged with it as well. So I think those are probably the most easily identifiable places that would have residual haunts but even just in, in homes i mean people see these things and one of the things that's always interesting is that people will say they see a ghost walk through a wall right and they're like what is what's what's up with that and it may just be that it's that that imprint on the land or on the house with that that's where the door used to be i know i don't know how common it is now to patch up a door and move it three feet to the right or on a different wall in a room or I know in the house I grew up in, you know, there were several places where you could see where the old door frame used to be. And so but that's the thing with residual haunts is that they, they're not intelligent. So they keep going on the exact same path that they're, that they have been doing for years. So whether the door is there or not, it never matters. And what's cool about it is you're not actually seeing something move. You know, there's nothing actually moves. That's not like there's an actual ghost that is walking there. It's like an imprint of energy in the space, but there's not an actual spirit that's there. You might hear the sounds of something moving, but nothing is actually moving. 
you know, you may hear the, the, the slamming of a cell door if you're in a prison. You know, you hear that clank or that big boom. But there's not actually a cell door slamming shut. But it's still enough to scare the bejeebies out of you. So I'm looking forward to eventually doing a prison with you guys later. And it's going to, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a little nervous. Hospitals, asylums, and prisons are like the places I fear the most. And I've been doing this enough, long enough to know not to be afraid, but still, I don't know. Well, there's I, just intense energy and a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stories coming out of them. So that would be intense. Well, I think there's also, in some cases, there's a lot of happiness too. And so we we tend to focus a lot on the negative energy as being an imprint, but, you know, you can have positive energy that imprints on the environment as well. That's true. Absolutely. Why, yeah, why couldn't you? Yeah. So if you guys remember from the episode, the first episode, I talked about hearing the like the the barroom scene. That's a very good indication of something that would be a residual haunt. You know, I mean, it was there was none of that going on anymore in there. It was just playing back. So by that rationale, just just thinking off the top of my head, this is completely off script. Um, so like in the movie The Shining, when he goes to the third floor and there's the big party going on and there's that big, would that be something in that? Is that kind of similar to that, or is that just completely different? No, I think it'd be close to the residual haunting. Um, if it was actually haunting and him not going insane. Oh, that's true. He was just crazy. Never mind. <laughs> I stand correct. I correct myself. Another uh, something that with that falls under the residual um, haunts are inanimate objects. Um, have you ever heard the stories about like a ghost ship that comes? You know, people say they see this pirate ship that sails by in the mist at night and or, you know, cars that just appear out of nowhere and then just whew, they're gone or trains. You know, and you people hear the train and they see the light and they go, ah, they're going to die. And they hear a rush of wind, maybe, but there's no train. Right. Um, you know, even things like lamps. Uh, there's lots of ghosts. You know, these ghosts can create residual hauntings. And there's no interaction between you and this ghost. It's just this thing that just goes, and you're not in any danger. And what you're actually you're not actually witnessing a kind of any kind of a ghost itself. It's just that leftover energy. And honestly, I think if you see those things or witness things like that, I'd be pretty lucky. Yeah, I've I've witnessed the car. Tell us. Do you ready? Um, Tell. So with the car, it was we were out looking at a house that had been abandoned and we were probably shouldn't have been there but we were dumb teenagers right and it was super fun so we went out to the house and there's a road that goes um not necessarily around the house but kind of in front of it and then um goes towards the house and then it goes around and makes this like little s shape and while we were standing on the side of the house we had heard a someone scream in the field and there's nobody there because it's two o'clock in the morning whatever and then we look forward and there is a car coming right at us and so we all thought we were in trouble like this is the cops we're because it was almost like a spotlight we're like we are in trouble and then we hurry and turn to book it and run and then we turned around and there's no car the light was there but there was no car so it never ended up going past us. It was like it came for us and then was gone. Wow. 
Kind of like the Polar Express. <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, wouldn't that be like a ghost train? Yeah. There's not really a train going down the middle of the street. No. He just witnessed the ghost train and had a hallucination. And Anyway, or it's Christmas <laughs> magic. But, um, no, thanks for sharing. That, that's awesome. That's I did. You know what's interesting? I did see, uh, we had watched uh, an episode of The Factor Faked. Um, if you guys have ever seen those, it's. I think they're doing a recent. It was on recently, so I don't know if it's a new episode, new series. But they were doing a thing about ghost cars, and there was the police footage, the dash cam, and stuff. And they um, were f- trying to recreate it because uh, the, the the dash cam from the police officer, you know, he's chasing his car around. It's all erratic, and then they go through a fence and disappear in the field, just like it's gone. And then the cops like stops at the fence, going, uh, <laughs> "How did they get through?" And they think they might have figured out how to de- how to debunk it that they just kind of with the right conditions went under the fence. <laughs> but it, it was really interesting them trying to to figure out how to to debunk it. And it, honestly, it's, it ultimately goes to, down to the who who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you hear stories like that, and, and I think that's kind of cool. Did you feel lucky that you've seen that or experienced that, or does it still just freak you out? No, it it didn't actually. The only thing that really freaked me out was I thought I was going to get caught, right? But then afterwards, I was like, "That was so cool," you know. Like it didn't, it didn't make me scared or like I would go back and go try and create that again if I could. Let's go. Okay, we're done. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Podcast over. <laughs> well, it was fun. Go home, watch some hockey. Um, all right. Uh, anybody else have anything else to add with the residuals? I think we talked about. Uh, Josh, you got some yeah, stuff. So, people, I mean, there's one part we haven't touched on as much, and we talked about human and uh, inanimate object, but animals as well. So, I think there was a uh, a famous, not a famous story, but there was a video on one of the TV shows, and it was of a dog. They could see their dog walking down the same path on their camera on their. Um, CVV cameras and you can see that you know the dog came up walked up the the, the path and, and to where the house was at and so you, know, you can have the same type of energy implant if it's a if it's an animal as well I would assume it would be any living thing yeah exactly I mean maybe that's what happens when you hear the dogs barking but there's no dogs or, possible. or the evil cat meowing under the door <laughs> <laughs> No, that one's real. Oh, that was real. <laughs> I'm a dog guy. What can I say? Um, let's talk about shadow people. Tell us, Josh. Um, what are the theories? During the research for this episode, everything that at least we came across was shadow people being um, either otherworldly or demonic or evil on those notes. However, um, we had an incident in Asylum 49 with a full shadow figure. And it was just of one of the residents that lived there. Um, and he actually walked out of his room and then kind of started to walk towards us. Till we told him to stop, stop moving. Um, and so he was neither evil um, nor extra dimensional in that avenue. And uh, it was just, you know, a plain old person. But was he in- So he was an intelligent haunt. He was an actual spirit that was just there. You just happened to see the... Yeah, he actually, um, during certain times of the night, he'll come out and come out of his room. The part that was actually really crazy is they closed the fire doors. 
in the hallway, and the end of the hallway was blocked or blacked out, and so it was basically pitch black. And so here you are in a dark hallway, and you see a shadow walk out. And so now you have something that's blacker than black. It was actually quite, um, quite interesting to see, and a little bit terrifying at first. Well, I know with shadow hauntings or shadow people, they don't you don't usually see features, right? So was there any features or any detail? No, it was just you could see it was about what about six foot tall. Um, you know, had the the shape and figure of a man, um, but there was no other solid details about it. See, and I've seen those too, like at the Family Tree Restaurant in Santa Quinn. You know, you, um, you you can sometimes you can see that when the spirits come in, you see those darker spots. Yeah. The theory that people will see shadowy figures that come and they just kind of interact. It's almost like they're an interdimensional being. Like there's different dimensions around us, and there are people that are not aware of that we're even seeing that they're doing, and vice versa. Sometimes they see us and go, "What the heck is that person?" And it's just kind of, kind of a glimpse into a different dimension. It's very complex and and sci-fi-ish to me. But I have heard of it, and that's when I can brought it up. Well, do you think, though, that if we see them as shadow people, if, the, if it is an interdimensional being, do they see us as shadow people as yeah. well? So they're like, oh, my gosh, like there's something there, and then they like run off and, and, yeah. and go hide. Yeah, you both crap your pants in two different dimensions at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but But it's not an intelligent hunt because you're not really – able to communicate or to respond it's just kind of something that you witness and then it's gone and you're just what the heck was that and there's not actually a spirit there you know that's making go and making you know, noises and stuff yeah and i think jamie had a, a, a an, an interaction well a visual interaction of a shadow person over at waverly a story so the first time Josh and I went to Waverly was for a public investigation. Um, we were up on the fifth floor. Not many people were up there um, on the end that we were at. So I was looking straight out over the roof area. And this <laughs> pair of legs from the knees down ran from the left to the right across the top of the roof. And I saw it full straight on. It wasn't out of the corner of my eye. So, yeah, it was full straight on. And then Josh and I, we kind of sauntered over to the other side of the building. And Dustin Perry was over there from Ghost Hunters International. And you blinded him. And I blinded him on accident. (laughs) (laughs) But it was still funny. Making memories. (laughs) Yeah, I'll never forget it. Um, And I didn't see this, but Josh and I were walking side by side. And he said that he had turned and saw a full person like just oh, wow. shadow person walking in between us hmm. so freaked him out a bit because that was our big investigation our first big one so yeah i never saw it but he did so we saw you know a couple you know through the night i would imagine that that would be a place a location that would be fairly infamous for that type of a haunting yeah, I think that building in itself can cross off pretty much every type of haunting that we have on our list. Yeah. I've also heard that shadow, there can be shadow animals as well. Like, an, I, I've seen shadow animals. Um, I think they're along that same 
usually people associate that with a horrifying, scary thing, but it's not necessarily, I, I think that's just a different dimension. It's not always that it's a demonic dog or... And it's not just a spirit, just a, a spirit of an animal that's going through. It just happens to be a, a shadow. You're talking yeah. about like actual, yeah, just yeah. I don't know. It's a weird concept to me. The whole you know interdimensional things. I have a very simple mind. You know, need coke, drink a coke, Mikey happy. <laughs> you know that works for me. So, but uh, Josh, you got a couple other things down on here. Does anybody else have anything else they want to add with that, real quick, with a shadow people before we go any further? All right. So there's a couple other things you have down here. Uh, uh, what uh, talk? Let's talk about those. Um, yeah. So during the uh, fun research of of types of haunts, uh, we came across some lesser known uh, types of haunts and ghosts. Uh, one of them being uh, what's called funnel ghosts. So these are most commonly found at like old historic buildings. Um, they're technically or Sometimes associated with like cold spots in in the rooms and in areas along those, um, and they can appear as like a whirling spiral of light, or even like a wispy um, wisp of light. So, I think a lot of these get caught on like photographs and videos and those types of things. And as um, you know, our technology gets better with our cameras and stuff like that. We go from the old you know thirty five millimeter film to now you know 4k and 8k digital 35 millimeter i've grew up with the 110 kids <laughs> <laughs> that was the long camera wasn't it yeah it was the long one then you had the, the big square cube the flash cube you put on top <laughs> dating myself right there yeah, mikey's old yeah we we had an old uh, polaroid too before they got recalled polaroids are, uh, what's funny is you watch the uh, paranormal shows they used to they like to use polaroids a lot which i think is just i don't know well because you can't edit that yeah, but I think they can make crappy, crappy pictures anyway. <laughs> True. Yeah, but there's like, also that instant gratification, though, right? Like, instead of like taking a picture and then having to bring it back to your computer on a on a thumb drive to look at it, you can just you know snap off six photos and wait for them to develop. Yeah, but after it's like, six minutes. but it's like every picture is like overdeveloped, right? There's never a good picture that comes out on a Polaroid. It's like, oh, look at this light, this 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 anomaly here. It's like, yeah, it overdeveloped there because it's dark and you took a picture with a giant flash and it's why it looks like crap and there's like 20 of these every picture you take like that's gonna have a ghost in it sorry i digress continue josh <laughs> don't get me going on polaroids tell us about ecto mist what is what is an ecto mist oh ecto mist okay so ecto mist is a vapor like mist or fog um it almost looks like as if it's like swirling um it's usually a few feet above the ground. And this kind of reminds me of something that Josh and I saw in Bannock, Montana. Uh, we were going through these houses, and it was a beautiful, bright day. And one of these buildings, um, we looked in this doorway, and you couldn't see if it was like a room. It was so pitch black in there. So I took my camera, and I just held the button down until the flash just kind of you know, went tick, 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 tick. And it lit it up, and... When I looked at the pictures, though, there was this black mass in there. Um, and we couldn't tell anything about the room. Um, but later, <laughs> I think we went back the following year, didn't we? Yeah. We went back the following year and went through that same house. 
And we came to that same doorway and you could plainly see that it was a closet and a tiny closet. But the previous year, we couldn't tell what it was. So, yeah, so that would be maybe an example of... Mm -hmm. Ectomist. I think ecto, and all of a sudden I go to Ghostbusters and it's like, I do too. it was a class four <laughs> free floating vapor, a real nasty one, too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's slimed, you know. It was only here, ecto, all of a sudden I used to go to, to Ghostbusters, but. Um, and, you know, they say that they, can, that they can stay as a mist or they can morph into a full bodied apparition. Yes. Morphology. Who wants to talk about orbs? Uh, orbs. AKA. Dust. I'm not touching that Bugs. one. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I have seen in my years of investigation. I have, and I still have it. I can show you guys the video here in the room because the rest of you listeners at home, I'm just not there. But orbs are something that is a very controversial subject. Uh, everybody and their dog takes a picture and goes, "Look at these orbs!" And 98 percent. Of the time, they are bugs, dust. Oh, I don't know. There's all sorts of things. Vapor mist, you know, humidity stuff in the air. Um, I do have two videos from the same house of a legitimate orb. Um, It's the same entity. And I can... It was actually really neat. The lady... uh, Not to admit... I won't mention any names or places, but uh, she was talking to her... She, she had noticed in like some Christmas videos that she was taking that there was this orb that was moving around. And so she started talking to it and it would, it was responsive to things. It would go things. And so we went, she called us in, we had, went and looked at it. And the first video that she got was very compelling. And it's like, okay. And then we were there as the, with the whole team. Were you with us on that, Elisa? I don't think so. I don't know. know We had one of our friends, uh, Mark, that was very big on, he is an engineer and he's very big on debunking stuff he is yeah. captain debunk he's uh, good. some of you guys know me and, he, and he's great at it um but he actually caught the second video um and it's the same area in, in this lady's room where um they're talking and it to her you know all the different uh, toys that we were playing with were all reacting and he was talking he's like can you come across the room over to me and he does and you see this little orb and it's like a it's round but it's like blinking it was weird we didn't see it with our naked eye, but you you know you could see it um, through his screen, and so he's got like his big tablet screen here. He's like, here it comes, you know, on his camera, and it's just like that is so wild. And so remind me, and I'll show you guys, but um, I don't think I have his permission to post it on on the interweb anywhere. But anyway, the point of that of telling you all this is that they can be real, but most of the time they're not. And it's not that you that we're calling anybody out on being dishonest about things, but most of the time it's really hard to understand that little tiny things will refract light and play it back. And that so it appears in a video or in a picture, but most of the time orbs are very, very rare. Well, you know, legitimate other, orbs for sure. The other day I was looking. Um, I had the crack, curtains cracked just a little bit, and the sun was coming in. And you think you keep a okay clean house. The number of particles just floating in that little yeah. ray of sunlight <laughs> coming in the curtains. Um, like you say, there are things that can refract light and, and reflect light back. And um, orbs are just really, really hard to 
Well, and they also have, if you were to have, look at the difference between a real orb versus a bug or or dust or dirt or whatever, the actual orb will have its own flight path. You know, you'll see... Like I've seen, I've seen videos where people will send in like, oh, this is an orb, look at this, and I want you guys to come investigate. But you find out it gets close to the camera and all of a sudden you see little wings, you know, and you're like, uh, no. But you look at the dust and you can generally see an airflow pattern. And so once you see that airflow pattern and then you can see this orb going in a different direction on its own and it seems to be intelligent... You sometimes they will even go and like look as if they're looking at something and then go back into the other direction or go up or down, whatever. But you can tell there's some something there with it. Right. Well, and the other thing too, and I, I think this is the part that gets people is that orbs in general are energy in themselves. Yeah. And so because everything is energy. It doesn't mean necessarily mean that that orb is actually a spirit in itself. It just could be energy flow and energy movement. That's a good point. Yeah, I've there is some I've I, oh, there are blown. some videos that that I have seen where it, there's like a, a train track and there's a place in this world that that creates a lot of energy under the ground and it will create a big ball of energy that you can visually see and it will go across the tracks and go across in front of you and you're like holy cow that's the biggest orb i've ever seen but in reality it's just a ball of energy sewer gas (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's why like if you really want to start a fight on a paranormal group that's where to go start talking about orbs (laughs) yep but no that you mentioned that um, Josh, is why I think it's a good place to put it on the unintelligent, right? Is because it's not, while some orbs, like I said, this video that I um, can show you guys would be an intelligent because it was an actual spirit that was there, spirit energy, and it was responsive to our communications with it. But some of these you know, instances, like where you're talking about a ball of energy that just kind of moving... Uh, that may not be a bug, may not be dust, but just that ball of energy. That And I wonder, sometimes I wonder if, sometimes when you see it with your own naked eye, if that's only certain people that can see those sorts of things, just like mediums can see dead people. I can't, right? But Lara will see things, or Elisa might see things that I don't see. And so I wonder if sometimes more sensitive people can see those ener- that, that energy, that energy, Kind of like auras, right? People see auras, and yeah, um, I can't. I don't but. know because there there was an investigation that I went on, um, and the the people that I was with, they so I went up some stairs. It was at a cabin, and I went. It was a big open space. I went up the stairs. Everybody was watching me, and as I got to the top, because I wanted to investigate up the top by myself. Why was everybody watching you? You were like, hey, everybody, look at me. Watch me go up the stairs. Because it was a big open area, and I was the only one moving. Don't look at my butt as I go up the stairs. <laughs> Strutting my stuff. <laughs> but um, they said that they saw uh, the actual orb follow me up the stairs. So, And I wouldn't say that... I mean, I think some of them were sensitive, and some of them aren't. 
So I don't know. Again, that's I think that question. one from that story, I, I'm thinking that's probably still an intelligent type of a of a haunt, though. With that one, it's well, when yeah. you follow her but up the stairs, I mean, look at her. I did follow I'm up the hot stairs babe. from the parking lot <laughs> up to the apartment here. Yeah, she went first. <laughs> I'm going to be honest; it wasn't because I wanted to fall. I was looking at the stairs, trying not to pass out. You should have had her behind you pushing. No. <laughs> <laughs> she was dragging me from behind saying, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> All right, so I think that's... Anybody have anything else to add on with unintelligent? Okay. Uh, let's move on to intelligent haunts. Um, intelligent typically will mean that these are um, spirits that you know have an intention of being there, they're present, sometimes they are willing to communicate, sometimes they aren't, but you know they are actually there okay it's not just residual energy there's actually a spirit being present um and so does anybody have any more to add to that before we break into the different well they it it interacts with the environment so it's not that it will just go and do its own thing and it won't interact with you it's going to it can interact with its environment it can see you you can see it sometimes you know um if you do EVPs, it'll answer. That would be considered an intelligent haunt, a, an intelligent answer to a question that you ask. You go to a bar, you you know, pop open the top, and they look longing. They go, oh, "I want a beer." <laughs> <laughs> um, or they get mad. It's like you start changing things around in their house or yep. their space, and they're just like, "Hey, this is how I liked it." Um, so there's a couple of different. Uh, types of intelligent haunts uh let's talk about human haunts first um you know the human haunt is basically somebody who was once a living human had a complete personality you know understanding um like you said they will react to uh, changes in the environment meaning if you like decide to move your furniture around they sense it they realize it they're like hey the couch was better over against that wall what are you doing you morons um, they may say that. Maybe they're like, hey, good job. Or they'll move it back. Or they move it back. <laughs> Those are the awesome ones. They're like, nope, I like it back where it was. And that can happen. Um, it can it can, and will change uh, its movements to walk by furniture instead of walking through it. Like a residual, you know, they would walk through that doorway that's no longer there. Or that furniture that is what used to be their path. Um, they'll actually move around it. Sometimes they'll go sit on the furniture. Um, the activity can interact with like the with the environment, like you said. They're known for moving small objects, picture frames, glasses, papers, coffee mugs, etc. And one of the fun things is communication can be made with these ghosts, right? With these spirits. Um, one example of uh, well, I have lots of examples. We got tons of examples for these. These are what these are what we do. These are what we live for when we go to someone's house and these are our peeps. investigation. These yeah, are our these peeps. Are the fun ones. These are the ones we go to. We, we live. Like I said we live for these. Because they can't live for themselves. <laughs> that was stupid with two O's. They're living through us. <laughs> so there's different kinds of, uh, but uh, you know, haunt, human ones are the most common ghosts, right? Uh, usually they're loved ones who are returning to bring back comfort. You know, they convey important information. Um, sometimes these uh, spirits can have scents like perfumes or cigarette smoke. It may be something like my dad smoked cigars, and so. Every time he's around, I get this cigar smell. Um, you hear about the, the you know, the, the old lady perfume. 
grandma's perfume. Oh, I had that both in the same location when I went. Cigars and old lady perfume? Yes, it was at a... Same, same spirit? No, not the same spirit. Like, Hi, I'm Marge. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me another stogie. <laughs> it was at a theater, an old theater. And so in one room, I smelled the awfulest old lady perfume. It was, oh, it was awful. But then I walked into another room and it was like instant cigarette smoke, but there's no smoking allowed. And then it went away. So that was pretty cool. But these uh, spirits will have interactive personalities and they retain the same personality that they had when they were alive. We say, you know, as in life, so in death. So if you were a complete butthead when you were alive, you're going to be a jerk when you're dead too. If you were the sweet little lady that everybody loved, you're going to keep that same disposition. So that's something we we have found uh, in many of our uh, our investigations as well. You know, so that's where you get ghosts like Casper. Not a cartoon. No, he was a cartoon. But yes, cute kid. You know, and then you had the cranky ghosts that were jerks. So anyway, uh, let's go with uh, with. So first of all, you have a type ones. Okay, this is somebody who lived, had a body, died, and is now without their physical body, but they still have their spirit body. Okay, Each, everybody that lives has a spirit inside of them. And uh, so when you die, that spirit's just no longer in the body, like a hand being pulled out of a glove, right? Gloves out, you still have a hand. Okay, so um, let's talk about type ones. What do, what do you guys, what are the things that you guys know about these type ones, these, cro- these human spirits? They seem to be friendly. I mean, they seem to be able to have a, like you could sit down and have a good EVP session with them and it's a good civil, you know, like I want to know more about you and you have good conversations. You know, they're not cussing at you and telling you to get out. (laughs) Right. Laura, what do you think? Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I also, I think a lot of these are like grandma or grandpa or cousin Johnny or whatever. I think there are a lot of the ones that are like, would be around us mm-hmm. in this room. They would be our loved ones. Um, yeah. Josh, Jamie, you guys have anything to add with that? Josh does. Yeah. He's I ready came, to go. I came across one at, uh, on the fifth floor of Waverly. So the one side where Jamie saw the shadow legs, we went to the other side and I put down a flashlight and uh, I was like, you know, hey, can you move this for me? And we got a clear EVP that says, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, does that they mean- know their limits. It's like, well, it, it almost sounded like, I, I just don't want to do that for you. <laughs> well, and why Cut would they? Your butt. <laughs> it's like, they're like, you're perfectly capable of moving yourself. You should do it. I think that, I, I, in my experience, I've seen that the most, right? In fact, most of your haunts that you find, most of the spirits that each of you listeners are going to find in your homes are these type ones. They're not malevolent. They're not mean. They're just there, you know, just trying to bide their time. Sometimes they're standing over in the corner of the room, just kind of going. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes they might have a message for their loved one. Oh, you sure. Know, I'm here. Sure. I love you. Watch. Check under the bed. You know, whatever. Um, Stop watching dirty movies. Yeah. <laughs> I left my gold <laughs> necklace under under the bathroom mat. You or, should you apply know, yourself more. <laughs> Get off your butt. I can tell you what my what the spirits around me are all doing there. They do that that head of the, the hand of the forehead thing all the time, I'm sure they're at my house. Little like, face oh, palm. What an idiot. Yeah. Um 
but uh, so these spirits can be either crossed or not crossed, right? So, uh, what do I mean by cr- what is a crossed spirit? Anybody want to pipe in what what a crossed spirit is? There's no wrong answer. Okay, I'll do it. I just don't want to talk the whole time because everybody's. But you're so good. I know, I know. So, cross spirits. So, they say that when you die, um, and I believe this to be true, that when you die, there is a light. And you see it in all the movies, too. Um, If you've ever seen the movie Ghost, that's one of my favorite movies for a couple different reasons, Um, neither of which has to do with Demi Moore. Has everything to do with pottery? No. It's it's (laughs) that Patrick Swayze is so just. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm teasing. Um, no, there's a lot of things that they got right in that movie, and that's why I like it. Um, so when you die, there is a people will say that there is a light that appears. People who have had near death experiences or who have died and come back, that there is a light that appears, and it's basically that window to pass into heaven, so to speak, to go before God or. You know, people will say they go and they meet with, with Jesus and then they he sends them back. Or I've heard lots of different stories um, but with that. But essentially that, that light is there. And it's that ability for people who have lived well, typically, to cross over and have that reward. Um, from what uh, I understand, there's kind of a three to five day window before that kind of light starts to diminish and it closes off. And so people who thing is when you die, you can go to the light, you can come back. And a lot of times I think we've come across spirits who were afraid of the light. Like, I don't want to go to the light. Um, you can look at, uh, uh, was it uh, poltergeist, the movie, right? Like don't go to the light, stay away from the light. So, um, with, uh, you know, they say, don't go to the light, right? That's what they were telling Caroline. Don't go to the light. Don't go to the light. Because once she went to the light, she would cross over to, actually, I think it was the bad guy in that particular film. But, you know, there's people will, will see that and they'll die and they're like, don't go to the light. Don't go to the light. But going to the light is good. So if you die, if you hear this and you die tomorrow, no, go to the light, okay? Go. It's good. Light, good. Okay? Got it? Good. All right. So go to the light. But that's it's there for that, that time frame. And a lot of times people think they can't go come back if they cross that uh, we've found it being not true you know you can cross and you can come back but there there are uh, people that they call them earthbound spirits these are people spirits who haven't crossed who for whatever reason and we can talk about some of those reasons um you know when uh spirits are bound people who are living you know live when bonded loved ones are like unable to let go of that person who's passed away um, this emotional pull seems to bind the spirit so that it can't move into the light. They're just stuck here going, you know, I, they just won't let me go. And it, I think there's a lot of emotional tie that keeps them here um, in that kind of attachment. So um, this could be the mother of a, you know, a mother who can't release the soul of her, of her stillborn child, you know, and, and carrying that child as a spirit attachment or, when you just are so attached to your spouse that you're just like, I, I can't live without them. So that's kind of like what would happen with ghosts, right? There's another, you know, she was so distraught. He's like, I can't leave her. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be um, when there's strong negative feelings that are present at the time of the transition. 
of death. Um, these negative emotions are so dense and so heavy that they seem to kind of chain that spirit to the to the gravitational gravitational field of the earth. So this one I think of kind of like uh, I want to say Bob Marley. It's not right. It's Jacob Marley, right? So we go back to uh, Christmas Carol, right? And he's got the uh, all the chains on him, and he's like, "These are the chains that I forged," and um, because there was such negative feeling at that time and such unresolved, that was that uh, he felt was. I don't think that any physical chains would bind them. I think those are the chains they kind of put on themselves personally. No, Just, I agree. I think that you know if you are maybe scared or if there's something that you're afraid of that you don't want to have to face you know by knowing that once you cross over then you might choose to stay right I like that you stayed scared Um, were you going to say something Josh? yeah I was going to say fear of judgment I think think it kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, butthole in, in life you're a butthole in death type of deal um, there are those people who know that, you know, um, they were not a good person in life. And so they're like, you know what? I'm going to hold off. I'm just going to wait around until uh, Judgment Day actually gets here before I actually face the final judgment. And so they just, they just you know, hang out and be buttholes out here. Right. Um, and I think that that fear is a big thing. Um, one of the ones that I came across in my research um, was that people who don't know what to expect at the moment of death, some people think that when you're dead, you just cease to exist. That's just lights out, you're done. And so when they die, they're quite shocked and they're like, what the crap? My body's there, but I can't move it anymore. There's these weird lights and they just aren't prepared for it. Um, And they think that because they think death's the end, they think they may not realize that they're dead. Um... They said being dead is so much like being alive that many people die without realizing um, that they are dead. And they're just like freaking out. It's like, what the heck is going on? Something's changed, but I don't know what it is. And and so there's there's that fear of that. And then like you said, there's also that fear of um, retribution, you know, for misdeeds. You know, if you know that you've done really bad things and then, you know, you've got to go stand before the bar of God to be judged for it. Well, I'm not really ready to go be judged. <laughs> you know, anybody that's uh, committed a crime, they're not really usually ready to go turn themselves into the police. They're going to run. They're going to avoid it. And so that kind of thing happens. Uh, All the guilt. Yeah, that guilt and that shame and that fear um, of condemnation. Do you think it, it sometimes it happens to, like, if the death was sudden, like in a car accident or in something like a, a murder or even a suicide where... You know, you're alive one second and then you're dead the next. Yeah, no, and and that's and that's one of the things. There's actually you, you mentioned two other things I was going to touch on here with this. Um, so first of all, so like when there's a car accident, sometimes people are disoriented, right? So if they hit their head at the moment of death, um, they may not realize that the spirit's no longer in the body. Um, you know, death from an impact to the head, like an automobile accident or a gunshot to the head um, that was unexpected kind of may jolt that spirit out and they and uh, it may compromise that cognitive function you know they, um, it's said that when you're when you die you're still feeling those same things and that's why people will tend to to have those horrifying experiences maybe it's someone that we're talking about like maybe. this because you know Could sometimes 
people with uh, dementia will have such a compromised mental capacity that they may not recognize what's happening when their spirit leaves their body. And if a person is on, a, or if they run heavy post of op- yeah, heavy dose of opiates, you know they're just high disoriented. and disoriented. Mm-hmm. They may not realize what's been going on, and then they don't re- quite realize that they're dead or what's going on. That there's this light here, for sure. And so they don't cross. They don't go to it just because they're not understanding that what's happening. Well, they watch poltergeists, and they know they're not supposed to go. Right. To the light. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so Josh, you also mentioned suicide. Um, suicide might change spirits to the earth, uh, but not always. Um, the circumstances around the suicide are, are what's important with it. Um, some spiritual teachers say that if a person takes his own life, uh, that that person must stay earthbound for the length of the... And I'd never heard this before, but they must stay earthbound for the length of the time that they would have lived. So if you were supposed to live on the eternal clock of things that whatever you're, if you were supposed to do for 80 years, right? So and you commit suicide at age 27, there's people that would teach that, well, you have to remain on earth. You can't cross and go to heaven until that 80-year span has passed. And I personally, I think that's kind of a little wonky on my end, but that's just... I also I wonder, know. though, if it's kind of a religious thing, like, or just beliefs that you have growing up. So... Um, different religions preach different things and you grow up learning how what happens after you die or what doesn't happen after you die and and so I think I mean those are the things that you learn growing up right so when you pass you those are still those things that you know about and so you tend I would assume that you would that you would tend to follow that yeah, and I think, especially when it comes down to suicide in, in that avenue, um, there are religious preachings of mortal sins, and suicide is actually one of those mortal sins. And so you could have somebody who commits suicide and doesn't want to cross because it now becomes a point of fear of judgment. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I was always taught, you know, growing up that life is God's to give and life is God's to take. And anytime you take a life, whether it's somebody else's or your own, that that's wrong and that's and and there's it's a really touchy subject because suicide is such a sensitive a sensitive thing to talk about and i think all of us anybody you know who's listening probably knows somebody who has committed suicide for whatever reason and the circumstances are never a cut and dry you know it's always sad right there's always sad with it um you know and then there, it, the, the what i did read is this that an accidental suicide doesn't seem to carry the same kind of trauma as a deliberate suicide. If a person has a terminal illness with an unbearable pain and is already very close to death, um, sometimes it doesn't kind of seem to carry that same kind of of um, weight to it. Um, I personally, I just I think that uh, a lot of times when you have commuted, seems like we see a lot of spirits that have committed suicide, and I don't know if that's always the the correct diagnosis on things, but just, it seems like you, every time I, I hear people talk about stories like, Oh, and there's somebody that committed suicide, but I've talked to some of these spirits, you know, as well. And there it's, there's always a sense of sadness and shame that they have. And they didn't cross because they were afraid because they knew that what they did was, was, was wrong. They felt that it was wrong. Well, and they feel wrong. I mean, if you, if you talk to anybody that has depression, you know, 
they feel like what they're doing is wrong. They feel all these negative emotions and negative feelings that they're not worth it. You know, like just, I mean, all these different things that they feel. And so why wouldn't they feel that after? Right? Right. Right. Um, and so, and a lot of times that's what's fun about it. And when we go on and do these, uh, investigations where we come across these spirits, a lot of times they're ready to cross. And then we have our friends who can help them. I'm looking at one, staring her down. Yes, sir. And you know that you can help open that window and say, if you're ready now, you can go. And it's just nothing but light and love and peace. And there's usually, there's usually loved ones and relatives and family members waiting to welcome these Mm -hmm. people home. And it's a beautiful, beautiful spiritual experience. Yeah. I think it's probably the, single most gratifying thing about um, helping out spirits is knowing that you help them cross over into the light. Absolutely. Can you imagine being stuck somewhere just in misery and in hell, really, and and to be able to help somebody move past that? Somebody. It is somebody. And yeah. you're helping them These move are past that. Yeah. And so one thing, and then uh, um and one thing, when you're dealing with these spirits, it's always important to treat them as people because they are still people. Absolutely. You know, and so when, when you investigate, when you go out there on your ghost hunts, to all you listeners, be nice. Respectful. Respectful. If you can get them to actually communicate with you, thank them for taking the time because they don't have to. Well, you just treat them exactly how you would treat any other living being. Um, another uh, reason why spirits don't cross... Um, they may have unfinished business. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's a TV show, Ghost Whisperer, um, and the movie Ghosts are all, usually they're all about uh, people with unresolved issues that are staying earthbound until they can get the situation right. So the movie Ghost is another perfect example about this. You know, he's seeing all these things going on. He's got to set things right. Um, and then once things are, are solved, the bad guy's out of the way, the light opens up and he goes off to, to heaven, right? Yeah, and there was a, uh... For those who live in the in the Salt Lake Valley, uh, we have a place called Salt Air. Um, it's got a wonderful, rich history. Um, we actually have what's called Salt Air Three because the other two burned to the ground. Um, but there was a woman whose body was found right outside of, or right off the highway, right out um, in front of Salt Air, and her spirit haunted the building. Um, until they were actually able to figure out her identity. No one knew who she was. Once they figured out who she was, she actually disappeared. And she didn't come back. Well, and how many times have we experienced that on a haunting where the spirit just wants their story told? Oh, yeah. And then they're happy to move on, but they want somebody to acknowledge who they were. Recognition. Uh-huh. And, yes. Yep. And that they were important in this life. Yep. And then they're fine. Then they 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 cross when their story's been told enough, you know? And I think that even goes the same for the living, right? We all want to just be recognized and be heard. And so, you know, if that, even if they've, you know, passed away and people forgotten about them, they just want to be known. Yeah. You know, and so, and that also leads into like things moving in your house and stuff like that. Sometimes they're just trying to get your attention and say, Hey, I'm here. Yep. I won't cause any noise or any problems. Just, just, just acknowledge me. Just acknowledge me and say, hey, Bob. Yeah. You know, hope you have a good day. Bob, I appreciate you being here. Please stop hiding my <laughs> keys. I got to get to work. For sure. All right. 
So those are, are some of the reasons, and there may be more reasons why spirits don't cross. Um, but what are what would who are cross spirits? What what kind of we do you know these folk about these folks? Well, I would say in my experience, cross spirits they can come back. Typically, sure. typically they only do if there's a mission or if they're helping a situation or something. It's not that they're stuck here, but they've got things they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which is healthy. You don't want them feeling like they're stuck here and got to be here all the time. So I would say cross spirits are a healthy spirit mm-hmm. that come and go when they need, and but they've got other things going on and. So that's what I know about them. Do they ever just come by and like just check up on you like a loved one's just popping oh, yeah. in and absolutely. saying, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Look over her shoulder. Oh, triple absolutely. <laughs> there is a wall. <laughs> there's la- there's a Larry. You see wall. She sees Larry. <laughs> no, for sure. And then uh, there are those that, that travel and that come by. And then there are also um, spirit guides as well. For sure. Uh, you know, and. I'm not going to go too deep into what a spirit guide is, but everybody has a spirit guide. Essentially, it's a spirit who has typically a cross spirit who remains there to be your guide. Keep an eye on it. Try to keep you out of trouble. Try to smack you upside the head when you're being stupid. That's what happens with me a lot. You know, so uh, pretty much everybody's got a spirit guide, at least one, you know, and, and that's one thing that with my religious views, some of the teachings are that those spirits are there and they're here cheering for us and they're like watching everything we do and they're pulling for us and they're all hoping we make the right decisions and they're sad when we're sad and they're disappointed and they they celebrate when we do a good job you know we have a little cheerleading everybody has a little cheerleading section some people have more crowds some some have less but nonetheless um those are who these cross spirits are they're spirits who have basically gone towards the light they reported the other side and the way I understand it, or the way that I think of it, is that they are kind of sent back as like kind of a a mission from God to go back and watch Mike and hope he doesn't just be a complete knob. Well, and the thing also is that they're the ones that are going to give you that good, warm feeling. They're not going to... The crossover spirits are not going to give you those negative, scary, awful feelings. So I wouldn't want anyone to assume that any spirit that comes and visits them is going to be good or bad, but know the difference between the feelings that you receive because your body is going to be the best tool that you will ever own and go off the things that you feel. No, I, I think that's perfect. Yeah, if you have a spirit guide that's there, it's not going to be that one that gives you that creepy feeling like you're being watched. And, and typically, uh, spirit guides aren't going to be the ones who are going to be communicating a lot when you go and you set out your your REM pod you know your spirit guides aren't going to be the ones that are going to go over and start playing with it and stuff not usually most of the time they're like nah I'm good well in my experience too I think spirit guides are there to kind of help guide you and it's your your choice whether you're kind of listening to them or not it's like that bad angel on your shoulder and good angel on your your spirit guide is there trying to help clear a path for you and show you kind of where might be the easiest path in life and where you might have a better success rate but uh, if you're not willing to listen to them or you know if you're not in tune to them or or whatever you might choose the other path you know so they're they're not only there just to love on you but they're there to kind of help place good things in your life and help you make better choices 
And that's probably a good sum up of, of spirit guides. I don't want to go into too much detail. I could go forever about spirit guides. For sure. But um, I'm not going to right now. Future episode. Future episode. <laughs> Let's see here. So then, uh, so that's that's kind of a type ones, right? That's a good sum up of type ones. These are spirits who lived, died, had a body uh, at once, and now they are just a spirit. Uh, let's talk about type twos. Uh, Lisa, tell us what a what, what the tell about some type twos. So a type two would be one that, like we had talked about, it's a piece of crap on earth piece of crap after and just wants to wreak havoc and so those types of of spirits are not ones that really care about you at all and are going to want to cause fear and and angst in you all the time right some of us here on our on our uh, team we we were trained by a, a local celebrity in utah a, a guy that uh Shout out to Castle. You know, everybody knows who Castle is. Um, he taught us, you know, the type twos, and he came up with a type two A and a two B. Two A, you can think of A for asshole. Well, now we're no longer family friendly. Ooh. Oh, okay. Plug <laughs> your ears. Ex- explicit rating now. Um, <laughs> these wild. are these are malevolent humans that they just get off on being a complete jerk. And you know, it's it's probably that boss that you that you had that you just love to just grind into you and they're going to be that horrible person when they die um and so these are spirits like you know you said that they're going to do things that scare you because they think it's funny or they like to see you in misery they like to inflict pain and send fear um another type is what they call a 2b this is a a human spirit who lived died had a body right all that process they are malevolent they're mean but they are usually being controlled by something deeper and darker uh, with a, what we call a type three. We'll get to type threes in a minute. But um, an example that I, that comes to mind with this one, if I remember the movie correctly, is in the movie Conjuring 2. Anybody here seen that movie? No? Nobody? I think you're the only one. Have you seen it, Lara? I don't, I don't remember shows I've seen. Okay. I don't know. I probably have. So I'm just going to go ahead and... and, and talk then and if i'm wrong then somebody can somebody can email us and tell us that i was completely wrong but um there's a character named bill wilkins in this movie right bill is causing fear he's yelling at them get out get out of my house leave me alone um and you come to find out that he's being controlled by something else something else that's darker is preventing him from leaving and he wants to leave um, but this was a case that was the, the Warrens had actually investigated. Ed and Lorraine Warren um, in had gone over, and this is in uh, Enfield. It's known as the Enfield Haunting. Does that sound familiar? More familiar? Yes, I got it now. Yes. Okay. So in the movie, you know, he's sitting there. He has his chair, and the the daughters, you know, the can all of a sudden see him in the TV, kind of sitting behind her in the chair. Yeah, yeah. and she's kind of talking through, or he's talking through her, um, and. You know, she and the, you can hear the recordings or the actual recordings, and she's talking like Bill Wilkins. Yes, yes, yes. She's talking like this this old man with a Cockney, you know, accent. And they were trying to, they did. It's not them trying to investigate and find different ways to to make sure that she's not making it up. So like they had, uh, they're putting water in her mouth and having her, and she's still communicating with her mouth. 
full of water. water. Yeah. yeah, and then they're like, okay, and he leaves, and then she spits out the water into the glass, and and uh, anyway, so these are spirits that are that are are being controlled by something more nefarious, and so you can think of two uh, B as that they are a type two, but they are someone's biatch. So, in your guys's uh, vast. Um, vast, I like that. Yes, your vast, uh, vast, vast professional opinion. Yes, vast professional opinion. Would you say that the the two Bs are, are much more rare than the two As? Yes, I would. I don't know if I would or not. I don't know if I would or not either. Um, it seems for me, it, it seems it's been pretty fifty. Actually, no, you, you might be right. I think I think I'm, I'm changing that. I think they're probably a fifty fifty. I would agree. I'd concur. Do you have a reason for asking? <laughs> no, I know it was just okay. it's it's so it's just a thought that um, if certain spirits are are more rare than others, that um, like the Inhumans, um, they would be considered to be more rare of a haunt than the human uh, style. That then a two B, which would be coerced by a, by an Inhuman entity, would be more rare in that avenue. And that's our that's our type three is the inhuman spirit, and it depends on who you ask because you go to some places. I swear every every ghost adventure show or every not to, to call out ghost adventures, I will. But every you know you go to these shows and or every you know and there's like there's always a demon, there's yeah. always that inhuman spirit, there's always this negative evil entity there, and it's like I don't know that they're always that's you know, true. an inhuman spirit, but everybody jumps. It seems like everybody quickly jumps to. To that, and I think that's where Josh is is getting that. People say, "Oh, it's the demon." It's like, eh. no, it's probably just a two, a type two, just a yeah. just a butthole. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure there's a lot of mistaken identity too, because if okay, did anyone else hear that? No, did a breath. Yes, I heard the breath. It wasn't anybody else either. That was clear. Um, Mark it. Missed it. I miss everything good. Yeah, you, do. you snooze, you lose. <laughs> um, Story of my life. But uh, I think a lot of there's a lot of mistaken identity too, because type twos will harm and can attack people and scratch and cause pain, and they like to. And so, you know, they can be mistaken for uh, an inhuman haunt in that avenue. And I think it happens quite a bit. Well, because I think it's common that everybody thinks, oh, I got scratched. It's a demon. It's a demon. You know, that's kind of how we've been trained or that's how we've been programmed, I guess, to believe, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what instills the most fear. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of somebody who was a living person who was just a jerk, but I am, you know, people are afraid of a demon, yeah, right? A that's demon. scary. And yeah. so, you know, a, a type two that's going to go, hey, hey, look at me. I'm a demon. Uh, now you're scared and people get scared right and so I think that's kind of, uh, of what you're getting at there but there are inhuman spirits okay um, the scriptures tell us if you follow the, the bible you know in revelations chapter 12 um, it talks about a third of the hosts of heaven uh, rebelled against God and, and was, was kicked out they followed Lucifer and they chose wrong and they were kicked out Okay, referred to as demons. They aren't all, you know, super, you know, Beelzebub, the, the overlord, or 
as uh, Castle would always say, Shadrach the Undying, or yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, these are these are they're not always that powerful, um, but they're well, there. the majority of them are not that powerful, really. Right, right. The most of the ones that we've ever come across are like, eh. yeah, yeah. They're no match for anybody that's living. Right. They're, they're not. Most of them are just angry because they made a really bad choice. They are. And they want you to be miserable too. Yeah. And so they'll try to scare you. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are those scarier cases where really bad stuff does happen. And I would say that would be more rare. That is more rare. You know, when you're hearing about people getting possessed, when you're hearing about, you know, all these horrific things, those sorts of things do tend to be a little bit more rare than... You know, so uh, to me, it's not. It wouldn't be uncommon for me to go to a place and they they say, "Oh yeah, there's a, a type three here." We determined that, but it's they're all around us. But that's just me. Am I breathing heavy in the, in the microphone? No, I'm hearing more whistling, but I it, I'm holding my breath. I know that's not me, so I don't that, know if there's anybody that else. Could be me. So I have a little bit of nasal congestion. I've got okay. my nose whistling on a couple different occasions. Okay. So that might actually just be me. Okay. It's just me. I got a red vine lodged in here right about this <laughs> midsection here. Debunked. Debunked. It might be a Lindor truffle. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but to, to talk about, so there, there are quite a few out there that, that we would come across that are really not all that scary and they're not that powerful and they're fairly easy for us to to resolve the situation, but there are some, so let's talk about just, let's talk about the nasties, right? Cause they, they do exist. Um, these are typically powerful supernatural beings that can invade homes, attach themselves to objects, inflict mental and inflict mental and physical torture. Um, these ghosts can morph into any shape. Um, however, they're most commonly witnessed as black masses standing in doorways. That's what I read. And I'm like, well, I've seen lots of black masses standing in doorways and I don't think that they're all in human spirits. Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. But I thought it was funny. Um, and so in my notes, I'm like, in Mikey's experience, these beings have usually have to be invited into our lives. So when, if you have um, an, a inhuman spirit or a demon, I'm not, a, I don't have, I don't have a problem using the word demon, but um, if you have an inhuman spirit, you know, that's attached to you or plaguing you, typically they've been invited in. Whether you realize it or not. Right. How do they, how do they get invited in, Laura? What, well, what kinds of things? You can in, invite them by just your lifestyle, drugs. If you're on drugs or you're doing really bad stuff, you know, in, in your life, that can invite them in. If you're playing with Ouija boards or if you're um, beating your wife and your kids or if you're, you know, just anything. That's no. negative. I'm going to go on uh, just put my neck out there and hope you guys don't laugh too hard at me. So I used to think, this is before I was involved in anything, I used to think that, um, or be worried anyway, that evil spirits could come into my home by watching those horror, horrifying movies. Like, why, oh, yeah. like I don't want to watch Conjuring because then I, it's inviting this stuff into my home, right? Yeah. Um, I used to, I've come a long way since then. But I used to be scared to death, and I, maybe I'm not the only person. Um, well, if, you, if you're listening I, I to this think, at home and you if, think that, raise your hand and then make. I won't. I, won't I don't. So I don't know that that's inaccurate, though. I, I th- think it's true. I don't know that that belief is inaccurate. I think a lot of it is. We can create to that environment where it's like, oh, if I think about them, they're going to come. You know, but you're opening a door when you're when you're watching those kind of movies for them to come potentially come in to your home. So 
I don't know that that's. Would you say you have to more obsess about it though, and constantly? No, I to invite that. I would say that would help if you right. want one to come to your home, but I don't know that 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 you have to obsess. I think just having that fear and that. I don't describe it, but I can personally say from from my, and it could be that because I've been sensitive my entire life that I and more sensitive to after watching a show have those feelings and everything but I enjoyed those shows growing up those were my favorite kind of shows and I honestly didn't really get scared from them but I know that after I watched them it I felt like I was being watched I felt all those things that really honestly wouldn't have bothered me otherwise so and I don't and for me that didn't come from the fear of the movie so would you say that that because you are thinking about it and you have that fear? Like no, I like, wouldn't even be thinking about it because it didn't scare me. It didn't. Hmm. I enjoyed the movie. See, I wonder if the way that I when my feelings on it were like I don't want to talk about it. Like we watched. I remember we watched. Uh, I think it was the first Conjuring. You have to ask Terry for sure. But um, we were then we went to bed. You know, and so we always sleep with our bedroom door open, and I didn't want to talk about it. She wanted to talk about things. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I don't want to think about it because it scared the crap out of me. And then all the, the whole, for like hours, I'm laying there awake, looking at the doorway into the hallway, into the darkness. Waiting for something to come Waiting out. for a <laughs> shadow to move. And for, you know, or, well, and I think for some people it can or waiting be like for that. And so I wonder if having that fear, though, is like lighting a big flame for say, those yeah. moths to go absolutely uh-huh. and they're drawn to that energy to that fear i don't think it has to but it can absolutely yes, that would absolutely. definitely attract it more and so that's how i used to think about things now i'm kind of like eh, and maybe they're for all you, over the place and I, 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 i'm not afraid of them anymore and maybe for you that's exactly how it is you know but i think for some people that may be even more sensitive than others or just whatever but i i think it can happen either way Either way. I still watch really scary shows, and then I just clear my house afterwards. Usually invite them a lot of times. Um, they don't tend to run on the same timetable that we think of. You know, So you go into a haunted place, then you've got something nefarious there, and you're like, come and touch me. Come and knock me over. You know, come and, come and uh, hit me. You know, scratch me. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah don't, don't ever do that. Do that. Um, because for one... You're inviting them to t- to to touch you, but they not may not want to do it right now. But you've extended the invitation. Spirits run on a different kind of a time scale. Uh, time for them doesn't quite match the same as what we do, and so these spirits have uh, you know they you, get all the time in the world. You open that door, and you they can walk through it whenever they want. They may wait for thirty years, and they're just like, oh, you know, Josh just got fired from his job. Jamie left him because. Because she just was tired of looking at his, at his mug. It's inevitable. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> so, but Josh is, uh, you know, doesn't remember that 20 years ago he was at a, a haunted uh, asylum somewhere and he challenged a spirit, this, this demonic spirit, and called it names and said, you're weak if you can't scratch me, come on. He doesn't remember that, but now that he's down at that low point in his life, that inhuman spirit's going to go, now's the time I'm going to scratch him. I'm going to scratch him real good. And they will wait until that you are at your most vulnerable, that you're at your most weak, and then they will kick you. So um, you don't see the blind side coming. So don't ever challenge um, inhuman spirits or or human spirits. It's just not nice. So 
Yeah, and one thing, Mike, uh, we didn't touch on though is that while the, the Inhumans need to be invited, they don't necessarily have to be invited by you. True. So you can have someone that did something in your house that you, you know, and ended up summoning all sorts of nasty stuff and they moved out and now you're left to hold the baggage. Absolutely. Yeah. We've run into that. Yes, we have. Don't play with Ouija boards. They're not games. They're real. They are. What is a poltergeist? A noisy ghost. Noisy ghost. Wait, you know, so you speak German? Absolutely. Or you think? See, I thought it was like a, the, the ghost of like a chicken. But I guess that would be a, a poultry guy's. A poultry guy's. Oh my god! Dad jokes. I win. <laughs> so funny. I'm so funny. Elbow slap. <laughs> poultry guys, sir, are typically known as they, they're called noisy ghosts because they have the ability to make to manipulate things, to make these noises, to right. move the doorknobs, to actually. You know, move chairs, push books off shelves, turn on bathtubs. Well, the cupboards. Turn off the lights. All the scary stuff. Throw things. Right? Yeah. All the stuff that we all fear <laughs> happening in my house. I've told all the spirits in my house, you're fine to be here, but when stuff starts moving, we're going to have it. We're going to have words. <laughs> um, poltergeist activity usually starts off mildly, um, causing occurrences that people mistake as coincidences. Um, but however, as time passes, uh, the activity intensifies. Uh, sometimes the poltergeist will leave on its own, but other times it will end with deadly consequences that can, that can get really serious. Um, now, that being said, uh, a majority of the, the folks in the, the paranormal field um, that I'm aware of um, have a different theory of what a poltergeist is, that it's actually activity that's caused by a subconscious human manipulation. Um, a person that causes the activity to occur without really knowing that they're doing it. And uh, typically, you know, the activity sporadic. Sometimes it's not happening for weeks on end. And then all of a sudden it happens a whole bunch like in one day. Um, it typically only happens when one specific person is, is present. Uh, this person's kind of known as the catalyst. And uh, this person is the individual who's basically manifesting the activity without really knowing that they're doing it. Uh, usually it revolves around a preteen female. And before you think that sounds sexist or judgmental, um, sometimes it does rarely happen with a male, um, but it's usually commonly around um, um, these young preteen females. And as well with that, uh, for some reason, according to one of the websites, they said that it tends to happen more around limestone deposits. Don't know much about that. But um, the female body produces a great amount of energy during puberty. Right? There's a lot going on. I have a teenage daughter. I can tell you there's a lot of freaking emotional energy that's going on. Some days she comes home and she's amazing. Some days she comes home and holy cow. Um, and so it's basically essentially that without knowing it, sometimes these girls or sometimes these guys will just create so much energy that the environment can actually react to what's going on and they're actually controlling and they don't know it. They're the ones that are making things happen just on a subconscious level and it intensifies. And they have no clue it's them. They have no clue it's them. Yeah, none. Um, the thing with, with these is you can't, you know, just sage your house and it makes it go away. You know, these are things that you can't really make the spirit leave. Typically, uh, with this, it or something that can't be removed, it uh, 
requires counseling with the client and uh, honestly waiting it out tends to be the only option eventually eventually it'll get better right yeah they grow out of it you know things kind of stabilize well and if you can bring if you can pinpoint what it is and bring it to their attention it's something that oh i'm doing that oh okay well i'll do this and this and this instead what sorts of things trigger it and yeah Yeah. example of that would be the movie carrie right Mm -hmm. yeah you know she gets freaked out she gets angry she gets upset and all of a sudden door slams shut and blood everywhere blood everywhere chaos (laughs) yeah sounds like my house never like a problem the same again (laughs) all right um one other one I, I wanted to touch on, and any human spirit, this is someone a spirit that was never a human. Our our dear beloved beloved animals, our pets that have passed on. Um, I'm a dog guy, and I would be very sad if my my sweet little Fiona was not there um, after she passed away. I'd love to have her there. Anyway, uh, there although they can appear as full body apparitions, sometimes animal ghosts are commonly heard rather than seen. Um, they might scratch on the doors or on the walls. They make scraping sounds on the floor, probably because they're dragging their butt on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Wiping it. Wiping their butt on your carpet. Trying to get that worm off. That, that, that ghost uh, dingleberry. Yeah. I got a visual. <laughs> sometimes you hear whining. Sometimes you hear barking. Um, and I've had this. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Me too. A cat that passed away. We heard Same. for months afterwards. Or you All hear him, or, or you hear him shake, right? My dog is says you shake, you hear the little jingle of her of her collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, if that can be kind of disconcerting or comforting. I yeah. love it. You know, when you hear it and it's like my dog's gone, but you know, I still know she's here. You know, and I still hear the ball getting dropped by feet. So I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to touch on that. There's so much more we could go into. You, you missed the most famous uh, oh. of the inhuman haunts. Do tell. The Hatbox Ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's only if you've been to Disneyland, right? Or World. Or Door World. It's not in Disney World. It's not? It it's only in Disneyland? Disneyland? Yeah. Oh. And you got to count, but they're not open in California. So maybe after the pandemic's done, you can go to California. Yep. Go to Disneyland. Bring your K2. Yeah, they don't let you take a K2 in there. Sneak it in your bra. They don't let you investigate Disneyland. Not going to say I tried it. Not going to say I haven't. I'm just going to say some places are not the, the best place to go and whip out dowsing rods or or uh, K2s or ghost meter pros or whatever you want to take to. Clear cameras. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get off the ride at the Pronted Mansion, set out a REM pod and say, are there any ghosts here? Come make this thing go off. <laughs> They're watching too. They got cameras everywhere. Yeah. So and they tell you that too. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so that's where the only place you can, only way you can investigate those is using your own body. And honestly, who's got time to investigate those while you're you're visiting? You're on vacation. You're on vacation. Yeah. Go eat a corn dog. Yeah. Go to the cozy cone. And get uh, one of those chili cones. Those are amazing. Or red apple freeze. Now we're on Disneyland. What did I do? What did you do? Let's go. Uh, let's bef- before we go down that rabbit hole, let's just sign off for all of our friends at home that are listening. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, uh, go check us out on, on Facebook, uh, Cold Spot of the Heart. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore. I keep saying under Scott, right? Yeah. Forget Scott and what he's on top of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
cold spot <laughs> underscore underscore cold spot underscore paranormal underscore research. Um, if you like the show, let us know. If you don't, keep it to yourself. Um, in the meantime, anybody else have to name some dad? Please yeah. share, 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 and, and tell if, people about us. If you're having any issues in your home, please go to paranormalhope.com. Fill out the questionnaire at the bottom, and uh, we will contact you uh, as soon as we can. Yeah, we want to help you out, and we do not charge to come out. I know that there are groups out there who will ask for a modest fee or a donation to come in to investigate your home and to help you out. We do not do that. That's tacky. Um, obviously, if you're too far away, we're probably not going to be able to come. You know, interstate travel or, you know. But if, if you're within a reasonable distance, we're in the, uh, the Salt Lake metro area. Uh, if you're along the Wasatch Front or, you know, nearby, we'll make every effort we can to help you out. Or if we can't, then we'll see if we can find somebody in, in your neck of the woods that can help you. But, uh, yeah, we don't ask for, for anything. We don't feel that's quite that ethical. So... The other thing I wanted to bring up is last episode, our first episode, we captured a couple of EVPs. EVPs! Yes. And the timestamps on those were 23 minutes and two seconds. Uh, yes, 23.02 20, and 23.04.05, kind of in between the 04.05. Go listen to it and let's know what you think it. Yes. Well, you know what we think it is. Do you want to tell them what we think it is? What we what we what well, we, we have a couple of different theories here. Do we really? I only know of one. Well, we when we heard it live, we heard it live, and we didn't say anything. Me and Elisa. right, Elisa. So yeah, we're sitting. We were, we're freaking out. We're talking, and we're sitting <laughs> over here. We're all looking across the, the table over here at Elisa and and Lara, and they're just going, "Did you just hear what?" And it's like, "What?" We're is signing going? to each other. Yeah. yeah. It's like, "What are you guys doing?" But we thought it was two breaths. And Josh and Jamie have gone back and listened to it. And what did you think it was? Uh, well, Josh actually brought it to my attention. Um, he thinks it's saying, hi, hun. Very breathy. Um, just, uh, but that's something that my dad would say. Um, he would say, hey, hun, or hi, hun. So, yeah. And it was her dad. Yep, we investigated after. We asked. It was Larry. It's yeah. Larry. And the reason why uh, why it's cool is uh, Jamie um, told, and maybe I'm telling your story, but her dad was a big part of her investigating and was a big part of her life. And so he's kind of, I look at it and it's like, we all have spirit guides, but he's kind of a special guide here because he was, you could well, almost, he was a you, team you could almost call him a, a, a founding member yeah. of the Cold Spot team. Yep. Absolutely. Um, he's a member emeritus. He's retired, he's but not us. really. He's actually not retired. He's actually doing the hard work now. Yes, he is. That's absolutely true. But, you know, it's the one thing that my dad and I really connected on was the paranormal. So the the fact that he's still here and participating and trying to be heard is amazing. I got total chills right now. And, so awesome. And, I, and I've told him, I said, saunter up to any of these mics any of the time and yeah, let up. us back know. Off, and see what was cool, what me and Laura did notice is that nobody was around their mic and it was only happening while you were talking and all the rest of us were far enough away from the mics that you can't go 
into (laughs) it. So Laura and I were like, what? Yeah, and I had no idea at the time. I'm just sitting here trying to remember. Telling your story. Telling my story. She thought we were so rude. We're freaking out. out. I'm like, like, what the heck is going on? We're not paying attention to you. (laughs) Is is he the one right now that's making every hair on my legs and my arms and everything stand up right now? He's moved from over here and he's over. Go dad. (laughs) (laughs) Enough, enough. Yield, I yield. All right. Well, Larry, we appreciate you being here. Um, and for all of our listeners, we appreciate you. Like you said, tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tell your neighbor down the, the road, tell your parishioners, whatever. Tell everybody and uh, come to come listen to our show. Come check our websites. And uh, in the meantime, be safe out there and haunt on. I don't know. I don't have any cool catchy, catchy phrases. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.